Happy birthday, Dusty! Happy birthday to the dream. Hello, hello, hello! Everybody, welcome to another edition of the Pro Wrestling Chop Shop, a pro wrestling podcast here on the Alliance Pro Wrestling Network. I am Luke Dorsch, the Charm City Center, and with me, as always, my tag team partner, Dan the Man, Maryland City Saint. And boy, do we have a packed show in store for you this week. I Dare guess I say a supersized chop shop. Yes, it may be this way from the foreseeable future because there's so much goddamn wrestling to talk about every week. Woo. And, and we got to start with a certain event that happened. Oh, yes. And I know event. this has been boiling inside you, my friend. Yes, this has been boiling inside me. It's, it's uh... I guess let's just get get this out of the way. The first. following rant has been sponsored by the New World Chop Shop. So as we all know, the WWE they held a uh, pay per view last Sunday. It's old news now, but um, it's been sitting in me like a bad tuna sandwich <laughs> that just won't go away. This makes you nauseous. Piece of shit that they tried to pass off to their fans, and the and the crazy thing was. It even started off okay. Yeah, it did. I, 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 I was, I had, I was fearful from the get go, but I tuned in and watched it live because I usually try to watch the WWE pay per views. And um, contrary to popular opinion, we do give them the benefit of the doubt sometimes. I give any wrestling the benefit of the doubt. I try to anyway. And this started off great. The Sasha Banks Becky Lynch match, even though it's in that god awful looking red cage. Ugh. I was into it. It was a good match. Sasha was bumping like a motherfucker like she always does. Yeah. Uh, Becky Becky did great. You know, I, I was into it. It was a really good match. It, it was fucking great. I really liked it. It was a really fun match. And uh, Becky goes over. Awesome. Sasha got hurt. Looks like she's out for a minute. Whatever. I don't know the details of her injury, but I guess we'll see. And then um, they, they kept it going. The second match was great. It was really good. It was... Um, uh, Lucha, yeah, the Lucha-style yeah. tag match. It was um, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. It was great. Non-stop action. No, it wasn't even a WWE-style match. It was just action the whole time. Well, that's good. Yeah. At least they're starting to think about certain things. And uh, I got the full results right here, so let me take a look what here. The next match wasn't that bad. It, it dropped, though. It was Randy Orton against Ali, formerly known as Mustafa Ali. Of course, he's just Ali now. Ali by the sea, Ali Ababwa. That wasn't even that bad. <laughs> but it was starting to get worse. And then you get Asuka and Kari Sane. They uh, picked up the tag titles from Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. This was a shit match. And you have the two biggest female baby faces you could possibly have, but they turned them heel. And Asuka sprays the green mist because that's what Japanese people do, apparently. They, yeah. they shoot green mist out. A la Great Muda. I mean, Kari Sane. Is the uh, you you know Kari Zane, right? You know what she looks yeah. like? You know what Asuka looks like? Yes. Kari Zane, you can't get a more lovable looking person than Kari, Kari Zane. I know one I know one off the head of Riho. Right. <laughs> Riho is like a little underwhelmed version of Kari Zane. Kari Zane is so much I think she's not so much better, but she's better than Riho. She's just she is she's a better wrestler than Riho. But she's just fucking lovable. It'd be like turning Riho heel. You can't do it. No, you can't but do they it. do it. They turn them heel. The evil Japanese. If they're Japanese in the WWE. Rest assured, one day, they're going to be heels. World War II hasn't ended for the WWE. I'm surprised <laughs> that there isn't a fucking salt bag coming at us somewhere, throwing it in her eyes. Very Mr. Fuji-like. Mr. Fuji. 
So that match wasn't that good. It was all right, but not that good. Then you get a match that I actually liked. It was, um, this pains me to say it. I'm going to say it the WWE way, and then I'll say it the real way. Eric and Ivar, the Viking Raiders, a.k.a. Eric Rowan and Hansen War Machine, but we'll call them the Viking Raiders, Ivar and Eric, because that is what they're known as now. They team with Braun Strowman, and they took on... The OC. The OC. Not the Bullet Club. Not even, like... the OC. AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows. This match was not bad, but then... Shit finish. Then... Then they disqualify the heels for double teaming. (laughs) Isn't that what heels are supposed to fucking do? They disqualified the heels for (coughs) double teaming. And it wasn't even like it was excessive double teaming. It was just a little bit of double teaming. Oh, match is over. We're throwing this motherfucker out. Oh my God. Let's throw the baby out with the bathwater. Then Braun Strowman cracks AJ with them hands. Damn hands. And AJ fakes a concussion because it's always cool to do that, to fake a head injury. AJ don't know what city he's in, what town he's in. Of course, he's perfectly fine to compete the next time on Raw, but that's neither here nor there. So, that's the end of that. And the match was good up until the finish. It really was. It was a fun little Monday Night Raw-style six-man match. It wasn't bad. And then he fucked the finish up. Um... Oh, God. I haven't even talked about this yet. Talk about a fucking rant. Chad Gable and fucking Baron Corbin. All right. (laughs) All right. You got Chad Gable. He's a fantastic wrestler. You know what they do? What do they do? They call him Shorty. Say what? Everyone calls him Shorty because guess why? He's small. He's a short guy. They have the ring announcer in one. The ring announcer calls him Shorty Gable. The announcers call him Shorty Gable. That's like his thing. Shorty Gable. This was a complete shit match. It was terrible. King Corbin's horrible. Their King of the Ring match actually was good on Monday Night Raw, but this was a piece of shit. And I don't know if they're trying to get this over, what they're trying to do. This Shorty Gable thing is stupid. It's horrible. Nobody likes it. People want to like Chad Gable, but they're doing everything they can to make him a fucking joke. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yes, and... The fact that... I just threw my notes across the room. Forgive me. No, there ain't no... You know, no need to forgive. You, you, you're cool. I mean, you know, the chop shop, we can get pretty heated down here. So, so, so continue. Then you get the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Bailey, pretty much in her hometown, so you know she's losing. She's not in San Jose. They're <laughs> in Sacramento, which is Northern California, so she's pretty much hometown. Yep. She's losing... Charlotte wins the title. For the 10th time. 10th time. This is not a very good match. It's a SmackDown style match. Anything you'd see on TV, nothing special. And then, that leads us all to the main event. The Hell in the Cell. Seth Rollins, the WWE Universal Champion. Universal Champion. Takes on the Fiend Bray Wyatt. Oh my god. In a red cell. Red cell. With red lights! Ah. Rollins comes down. Bray Wyatt comes down with his cool little entrance. His lantern of his former looking... 
like it's a if you haven't seen it, it's a lantern of like the way he used to look. It's like a lantern with his head on it. Oh my god. Really? Like, yeah, like the way he used to look as Bray Wyatt, you know, the Wyatt family, that Bray Wyatt. It's oh, like yeah. it's like his head over top of a lantern. It looks it's cool. And his theme song's like a like a twist of the old song. It's it's cool. And he comes out with the, the scary mask on that makes their world champion cry. And um Who makes their world champion cry, folks? Yeah, Rollins cries on TV. The babyface world champions cries on TV. And um Yeah, the red light. So they they put like a red the red they take the house lights off and the house lights are replaced with red lights and uh, they're trying to be cute like they did at WrestleMania with the maggots and the flies in the ring and it didn't get over and it killed Bray Wyatt and he had to disappear for two years almost. Now he's back and he's over again and they're going to try to kill him again. Yeah, they're going to try and do it. So you get this red light and you a red cage. Barely, yeah. <laughs> you can barely see it watching at home. I don't know what it was like in the arena, but the crowd is dying for a title change. They know it's a hell in a cell. They know there has to be a finish. And everyone thinks Bray Wyatt's going over. I don't know what the fuck these idiots were thinking. And why <laughs> they thought for a second. I mean, it's not just the fans. I heard wrestling like wrestling podcasters that I respect a great deal. And they didn't even think. They were like, oh, Bray Wyatt's got to win. They've got He's got to be the one that's going over. Obviously, they're not paying attention to the WWE. Nope. Because... Well, to, to, to add in, WWE apparently isn't paying attention to the fans. They don't give a fuck about the fans. Nope. Vince doesn't give a shit about the fans. Vince has more money than God. He doesn't care. The WWE is an institution. It's not even a promotion anymore. It's an institution. It's got going nowhere. He doesn't give a fuck about the fans because the fans are stupid. We're all dumb. They and we're all going to keep buying oh. tickets. We're all going to keep our network subscriptions. We're going to keep buying the stupid fucking t-shirts. And we're just going to keep doing it. And that's the, way he, that's the way he looks at us. That's the way he looks at the fans. So keep on going, people, and supporting Vince McMahon because he thinks you're a fucking mark. That's what you are to Vince. Okay, so back to the match. You can't see shit at all. I'm already pissed off because you can't see shit. The match sucks, by the way. The people that are watching in the arena are getting pissed off. They can't see shit. They still are behind it. Bray Wyatt, our table match, hits Sister Abigail. The arena is getting ready to explode. One, two, Rollins kicks out. It was like the arena got punched in the stomach. They were like... Or the balls. Yeah, it was like that. They were like, oh, oh no. Oh no, Rollins might win this. Next thing you know, Rollins hits the curb stomp. The crowd dies. Wyatt no sells it, kicks out at one. Then Rollins hits, this is not an exaggeration, like nine more curb stomps. And Wyatt keeps no selling it. Every time he no sells it, the crowd cheers a little bit, but. We just saw this at SummerSlam, so they know the ending because Rollins hit Brock Lesnar with like eight curb stomps and then finally pinned him. So people are think that's what they're going to see. So you can see like the oomph is leaving the audience. I remember when finishing maneuvers actually, I don't know, finished a maneuver? We finished a match? I remember a year ago when the curb stomp was illegal because Vince didn't like it. Yeah. He thought little kids were going to do it. And guess what? Vince don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> so then... At some point, one of the two gets a mallet from under the ring. A mallet uh, on par of something the Joker would use. It's a big comical 
mallet. Oh my god. And really? they drop it so you can hear the thud for effect. So you know this is a heavy mallet. Dunk! It makes a sound. Everyone, the uh, announce team, they're like, oh, this, this fucking mallet's for real. <laughs> it's like something Gallagher would use. It's like something the Joker would use in a video game. Fucking Gallagher. So, <laughs> Rollins puts some chairs over top of Bray Wyatt and he hits the chairs. You know that trick with the effect and... WWE fans, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about that part. But yeah, he hits the chairs. Wyatt's dead. Covers him. One, two, kicks out. Now, now you got your babyface world champion. He's starting to freak out. He might cry a little bit. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't have no idea what he's going to do. He goes under the ring. No, he hits the fucking pedigree. I'm sorry. Because mallets don't work. Ten curb stops don't work, but Triple H's finisher, that'll work. Apparently. No. No. He pulls the shittiest pedigree you've ever seen out. It really was terrible. Why it kicks out. Okay. So now Triple H's finisher that kills everybody doesn't work. Mallets to the size of Gallagher's asshole don't work. There's only one other thing that can work. Sledgehammer. Triple H's sledgehammer. Son of a bitch. So he goes under the ring and pulls out Triple H's sledgehammer. Not Bray Wyatt's giant comical sledgehammer, but an actual sledgehammer. And the referee is pleading with Seth Rollins. And I am not making this up. Seth, you're too good for this. You're too good for this, Seth. Don't you do this. Is that what he said, though? The ref says it loud enough so you can hear it. You're too good for this, Seth. And Seth's looking at the audience. The audience is screaming, Die, Rollins, you fucking pussy. <laughs> AEW. There's shit AEW during your main event. What does that tell you, Vince? Rollins doesn't listen to the pleading referee, and he hits the chair, and Wyatt's head is under the chair, of course, and Bray Wyatt's dead. The referee has to disqualify him because he didn't just do the same thing with a giant mallet two minutes ago, but now that he's got Triple H's sledgehammer, he has to throw the match out. It's a disqualification. In a hell in a cell... Of course, the, there's a disqualification. Of course, because that makes absolutely no sense. No fucking sense. The next day on the internet, they're like, well, it wasn't a DQ. It was just, they just they stopped, stopped the, the match. match. Well, what the fuck the do you match. think it is? So at this point, the audience is done. They're just done. The house lights come on. Well, Bray Wyatt puts the mandible claw on because he no-sells the fucking mallet. Blah, 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 blah. The cage, it's fucking terrible. I'm ready to kill myself at this point. Damn. The uh, house lights come back on. The arena is screaming refund. The arena, the arena is screaming refund. Yes, they're screaming refund. They're screaming AEW at the top of their lungs, and people are hating Seth Rollins. They hate him, and uh, that wraps up Hell in a Cell 2019. It was the biggest crock of shit I've ever seen. It's. I can't think of a worse match this year. Actually, the only thing that's comparable to this is the travesty they put out the last time they were in Saudi Arabia, the Undertaker and Bill Goldberg match, when Goldberg was concussed four seconds into the match. But that was understandable because the dude was concussed four seconds into the match. And there's two 50-year-old men. And there's two 50-year-old, yeah. have no business in a wrestling ring right now anyway. But at least that makes a little sense. This this was a travesty. No sense. Travesty all around. I had people coming up to me, uh, either through Facebook or through 
um, you know, just just random, you know, coming up to me because you know they listen to the Chop Shop and they're like, "Dude, WWE, what are they doing, man? What is going on with the WWE?" And I and they the you know I'm like, look, at this point, you can tell them with your pocketbook or your wallet where he can go stiff it. Yes. You're the one who continues to watch these shows, these pay per views. This is how you stop Vince McMahon. Stop watching him. That's all you can do. That's yeah. all you can do. Stop watching him. If you have get the, into AEW, get into New Japan, get into Impact, get into any other good wrestling uh, organization besides WWE, and you will see a vast difference. A vast difference. For God's sakes, AEW has their their dark matches free on YouTube. MLW is free on YouTube. NWA is free on YouTube. Yeah. There. It was so bad they didn't even acknowledge the championship match the next night on Raw. I did not watch Monday Night Raw. I, I, re- I refused to. Nope. I would not watch this this piece of shit. I read the reports about it, and somehow I, I don't know the numbers, but a million people probably watched Monday Night Raw at the least. Probably two million people. And I'm telling Raw. you, <sighs> to see what would happen, like oh this piece of shit canceled the network, blah 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 blah. But we gotta watch Raw the next night to see what happened. That's why Vince was laughing at the fucking end of the show because he knows that you fucking stupid assholes were going to do that. If you're pissed off at the WWE, that's all you can do. Don't renew your subscription. Don't Stop watch buying Raw. the t-shirts. Don't watch SmackDown. Don't go to the live shows. I would say don't go to the house shows, but they already canceled those, so there is no house shows no more. Yeah, that's all you can do. And um, even then, it probably won't be enough because nothing's going to change. Unless you... The wrestling fan makes them change, but they've already they've already explicitly said they ain't listening to you. They don't care. They don't care. He's more worried about the XFL right now than he is you. His bread and butter. He's got enough money from the USA Network, enough money from Fox and Saudi Arabia to run that company for another 20, 30 years if he wanted to. And he doesn't have to do shit And he can pay better than any wrestling promotion out there, more than AEW, more than New Japan, more than anybody, and that's just the truth of the matter, and that's that's all there is to it. So I I don't know what to tell you. Don't watch the WWE. I mean, if you're a diehard like me, then you'll probably end up watching it anyway. I, I want to like the WWE. I really do. I like so many of the wrestlers there. There's so many good there, wrestlers there's there. There's so much talent there, and they're totally underutilized. Which brings me, before I even go any further with the show, did you hear the disturbing news about their fucking um, NXT expansion to Japan? No. Yes. They want to do an NXT UK type show in Japan. Um... Yeah, good luck that going over. Do you know what the NXT UK show has done to the independent scene in the UK? It's like killed all of their shows. All of the promotions, like several of the UK promotions have dried up. They can't compete. They've lost a lot of their a lot of their people. Progress is basically what Evolve is. Now, like, NXT and Evolve are almost, like, partnered. Well, Progress in the UK and NXT UK are, it's like the same thing. The guys just go back and forth. Yeah. So it's just like a sister promotion, almost. And then I hear today that they're they're really going forward with this NXT Japan thing. And then a couple years, they want to do, like, a Latin America NXT. 
New Japan's going to be pissed. Well, they won't be able to touch New Japan, but it could definitely affect pieces, yeah, promotion like Zero One or Big Japan, All Japan, DDT. There's something like 80 or 90 independent promotions in Tokyo alone. That's the fact. So those promotions is going to really affect. But yeah, it could definitely affect the New Japan Dojo system, how they get their, their talent in, in the future. It could, it could change a lot of things. I, I really hope it doesn't happen, especially in Japan. For me, it would it would really it would bother me. Yeah, I, it, I, I really hope. Just it doesn't hearing happen. this news made me even more depressed. I hope it I love happen. New Japan, and I don't want to see anything bad happen to those guys, especially my boy Lance Archer. Shout out, Lance Archer, you're the man. Um, so but, that you know, was enough of the dumb, sorry shit. Yeah, Let's that was hell about, of the cell. That was hell of the cell. Let's talk about some good wrestling. Yes. We had a lot of good wrestling this week. Um, we both watched the NWA Power Show. Yes. We'll touch on that briefly. Briefly. Um, what did you think of the show, Mr. Daniel? I, for an initial show, I felt it was kind of boring. But that is me. I, that's not in regards to uh, what I think about the talent or anything. It's just, I, you know, seeing those 1975 show, like era show like studio shows that they had. That was an interesting concept to bring back for me, but it seemed a little cheesy at points. And maybe that was the intent, but like for me the the best match on the card right there was Nick Aldis versus Tim Storm. Oh yeah, definitely. That was the best. And, one. That was definitely the best um, match. There I mean that the other matches were essentially squash matches. Yeah, they're basically squash. Yeah. Well, but you know, I weren't as much as I love James Storm, me uh, seeing him chase a dude across and around the entire studio area to catch a guy was kind of like a little much for me. I'm like, dude, you went from being one of one and a half of beer money, which is to me one of my favorite tag teams in the past 20 years. And that was him and Bobby Roode, right? Yeah, him and Bobby Roode, yeah. beer money. Um and you know, I loved his career and impact, but you know, I don't know what he they're thinking and how to market him, but I don't know. I mean, it's just you, you never know where honestly what you're gonna get with with that. Uh, Jim Cornette being on commentary that that harkened back to a, a a much simpler time where you you have a heel commentator with a a regular you know regular play by play guy. He wasn't really a heel commentator, though. He wasn't really... No, he wasn't. No, he was but, more just like an educated wrestling commentator, I guess you could say. Yeah. I, I like Jim Cornette. I think he's one of the best guys on the mic, period. I think he should be... I wish he would do more. I know he doesn't travel. He hates traveling. I wish he would do more. I wish he... Yeah. I wish he, you know... Whereas you like Jim Cornette? I fucking love Jim Cornette. I don't. Yeah. I hate his guts. And, but that's um, me. I like the show a lot. I thought it was a great hour it has of wrestling. A, it has a moments where it could be amazing. Yeah. But they need to beef up. I mean, they need to beef up that roster. That's the problem. And that's the that's problem. the biggest problem. The only problem I really see with the show is known wrestlers. They don't have that many of them. They uh, they have very few known guys, and uh, it's it's going to take time to build up these guys to be stars. And but they're basically this is basically going over free for one hour. Yeah, over the internet. Yep, I liked it for what it was. I don't I, have to really pay fifty it. bucks to watch it. Yeah, it was know? a good hour, a short hour <coughs> of wrestling, 
and it paid off at the end with a really good world's title match. I really like Nick Aldis' yeah. promo. I really like Tim Storm's promo. I like Eli Drake's promo. I love, I love me some uh, Camille, too. Just to... Camille's great. Uh, I, I liked it. I liked it. I loved, I loved the way it felt. I liked the way it looked. It reminded me of watching uh, World Championship Wrestling. When the creation of the Four Horsemen. Yeah, back in the early 80s. Back in the early 80s. That was the first wrestling I ever saw was studio wrestling. I, that was It just reminded me of that. So I really enjoyed that. I was waiting for Bobby Eaton to come out from the back and go, God damn it, I need to start doing some stuff. And that takes us to, uh, right after that, AEW Dark came on. Yes, and which the was, three uh, matches, well, we saw one of those matches live. We did, yes. Which was Darby Allin versus Shima. And, oh, we've seen the, the Best Friends match, And the Best too. Friends yeah, match, yeah. Right. But I didn't get a chance to see the B Priestley. Neither did I, uh, yes. Penelope Ford versus um, Allie and, and, and uh, uh, Britt Baker. Yes. And let me tell you, Watching that match now, whoo, Britt Baker and B Priestley are like gunning for each other. Yeah, that's they have a good little blood feud thing going. A lot of a real heated I rivalry. I am digging this rivalry, and and it's enough so to the point where I'm like, this has got to blow over at some point at at full gear. It, it has to. And Riho, uh, Riho, well, that was on. Well, we'll get to that on yeah. the AEW show. But yeah, I really like the AEW Dark. I love the idea of it. And it's a great way to get even more eyes on their product. Oh, hell yeah. And we have a big thing this week coming on AEW Dark. Oh. The match everyone's already Oh, my lord. About. I mean, I, and, and I'm beginning to think that AEW has got a strategy with how they're doing these dark matches. Because right now, you are, you've got what you're doing on Dynamite. But it's like almost another brand. Yeah. With the dark matches. Or like a separate or show. Separate like a show. Sunday Night Heat type show. Yeah. It's like and that. And it is amazing how they're doing that. I like that. I think it's I cool. love it. And I they're giving it away for free on YouTube. It's yeah. not even like a, it's not even like a sister show on the network. It's, it's just, just like a continuation. Yeah, it's great. If if AEW Dynamite were three hours, this would be the material added. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yep. So, I'm telling you, it's... <sighs> And it drops on Tuesday, which is like the only night where there really isn't any wrestling. So on Tuesdays now, you have the NWA show, and then AEW Dark comes on like right after that. Then yep. uh, six, 6.05 is the NWA show, and then 8 o'clock is uh, AEW Dark, I think it drops. Yep. It really comes out. So that's awesome. And that leads us to Wednesday Night Wars. <sighs> this Wednesday, uh, fuck, man, AEW was great. <sighs> we'll talk NXT in a minute, but we got to talk about AEW first. I was asking myself before it even started, how are they going to top Washington? I was worried about that, too. I was like, well, the crowd, I mean, I knew it was a little bit smaller of a venue, but, man, the Boston crowd was hot. Oh, my God. They were electric. Everything. They were totally into everything. I mean, like, and again, they seem to have a working formula. Wrestling. Yes. Real good Honest to God, wrestling. Did you see the stuff on social media where people were like, well, it just seems like Nitro. I was like, well... Well, Nitro won how many like, weeks well, in a row? Nitro, like, don't forget, there was like two, three years there where Nitro, Nitro was, was the... fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. It does remind you of Nitro. The good Nitro. The good Nitro. Like 96, 97, 98 Nitro. Mm-hmm. Not like 2000 Nitro, but yep. like... 96, even 95, 96, 97 Nitro. It's like that. It was really good. It's yes. really good. Dynamite's great. They have a great thing going. And 
They're making stars. First match for that tag team belt. Oh my god. That match was fucking incredible. Private Party and the Young Bucks. Party. The first match for the AEW Tag Team Tournament. Yes. And let me tell you this. I mean, I've been getting a, a couple different uh, people talking to me about how Street Profits are apparently like a big future deal. Watch out for Private Party. I'm telling you, Private Party, they, talent-wise, are probably... Ten times better than the Street Profits. Yeah, they are definitely... And they're green. I mean, they're, they're so green. Imagine what they're going to be like when they've got some seasoning oh to Oh my them. goodness. They're going to be so good in like two, three years. I mean, they're already... They're, they're making leaps and bounds from... I caught a House of Glory show online earlier this year, and I was really impressed by them. Mm -hmm. Really impressed. Amazing Red has done amazing work. No exactly. pun intended. No, 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 no pun intended. And let me tell you, there's a reason why Nick and Matt Jackson went to New York and specifically recruited them. Yeah, man. Because they know how good these guys are. Exactly. How good they're going to be. Exactly. They fucking put them over. Yep. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the Young Bucks put these guys over. Yeah, they did. And it was a great match. And people say, well. I even heard I couldn't I didn't hear this, but I was afraid I was going to hear this. I was afraid I was going to hear like, well, it was just all this, it was all action, and I was new nothing. Well, guess what? There was plenty of it action. Worked. It and worked. I, all the action worked. I, I forgive me, I can't think of the guy's name, but one of the guys in private party, he he hurts his back, and then he does the oh, nip up. Isaiah, Ca Isaiah, Isaiah yes. Cassidy. He does the nip up, and he's still selling his back, and then he continued working his back the whole time. There yep. was some great smart wrestling. He got slammed uh, out onto the uh, the ramp. That's right. Matt does the power bomb onto the ramp, uh -huh. and he tries to the nip up, and he's still he can't selling his yeah, back. Exactly. Oh, so it was great. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a match where you're seeing the same people over and over and over again. Uh, you're seeing two different, uh, you're literally seeing, I wouldn't say a passing of the torch. No, not yet. Not yet. But you've seen that the Bucks were make, trying to make them stars. And they did. And they did. Private Party's already over with the audience. They've got that oh great Oh my god, entrance. they went through, they went through the entire arena yeah. afterwards. Yep. Like in a victory lap, like they were fucking Cal Ripken or some shit I loved, like that. I love the entrance with the the like the club rope. You yeah, know? I thought that was kind of. I cool. thought it was a good touch, and I like I I, I just and the fat dude holding the oh here. yeah, he's like one of the security guys. Security guy. Hey, listen, uh, this is a private party. You he's the Doug it. Dillinger of AEW, oh, if you God. will. And uh, Doug Dillinger, if you will. I was blown away by this match. I, I I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I, yeah, and I was after the match was over. I had chills running down my spine. I was blown away. I was like, well, "This away. motherfucking match was just fantastic." I was like, "How's the rest of the fucking night gonna be?" And then all of a sudden, you hear Judas Jericho comes out with his new group. Back to the tag, real quick with the Sorry, tag match. match. I thought that I, I I thought the Bucks were going to go over. I thought the Bucks were going to win the whole tournament. I thought it would have been smart for them to win the whole tournament. Now the whole the whole uh, tournament is up in the air. I have no idea how it's going to go now. Um, my my picks uh, originally uh, they're still in it, but they haven't wrestled yet. They wrestle this week coming up, which is uh, Jurassic Express. Yeah, that that's that's a smart. You could put the, the belts on them. You could, but yeah. you know, I, I just you know. SCU's got to be like, um, 
the favorites just got eliminated. Right. Does this make us the new favorites? I guess. Or does best friends have something to prove? Right. Any of those, those all those are uh, stories that work. Absolutely. Dark Order. They have a bye. They're waiting in the wings for whoever wins. And it's like, no one likes <laughs> Dark Order anyway. I know. I mean, are you are you okay with the uh, private party winning? Are you good with I'm that? I'm very good with it. I'm good because with it, it I gives guess. it gives you now something you haven't seen in the in the semifinal. The Bucks usually have already faced the Lucha Brothers, so Lucha Brothers now have to face uh, uh, Jurassic Express. Yeah. Now, if say for instance Jurassic Express loses, you get to see Private Party against the Lucha Brothers. Right. How awesome is that? It's going to be great. That would be a real good match. And then you know, maybe I'm just nitpicky too much. I'm just, I'm just worried that I just want the guys that should be on that level, that top tier level, with like John Moxley and Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho. Yeah. I want like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks to be on that tier too. And realistically, realistically, not everybody that watches AEW is familiar with the Young Bucks. No. That's the truth. That's a that's a fact. They they don't know them. They they don't know them from being the elite. They, they don't, don't know them from, from Ring of Honor. They don't know them from New yeah. Japan or PWG or anything. They just don't know them. So that's why I thought the Bucks may have should have won that match, just because they may have wanted to establish themselves as the stars. But I guess at this point, the their fans should know they're the stars. But hey, you never know. And then you have, like I said, Jericho comes out with uh, Jake Hagar and Santana and Ortiz and Sammy Guevara. They're the inner circle. Chris Jericho looks like a star. He's dressed like a star. He sounds like a star. And he cuts a fantastic promo. So he held a class. Chris Jericho held promo class in an AEW ring on live TV on TNT. So pay attention Everybody else in the world, Professor Jericho was giving a class. That's how you do a promo, unscripted, off the top of the head, on the fly. That's how you get over everybody. That's how you get over Santana and Ortiz. That's how you get over Sammy Guevara. That's how you get over J.K. Gar. And they didn't need a script, Vince. They did not need a script. It didn't sound fake. It didn't sound phony. It didn't sound artificial. I don't know. It was a little bit fake when he mentioned that Sammy Guevara was a sexy Spanish guy. I loved that. I loved it, I but it didn't sound... I loved it. I, I, I popped so believable. hard. I popped so hard when he said that. I popped more at that than any day when he said shit or when he... Uh, yeah, shit! Went over the air! <laughs> yeah, he seemed really happy he said shit. He seemed so happy he didn't say shit. I was so he seemed very but happy. Made me happy too. They start when they mentioned Jake Hagar. Remember how there everybody in the crowd was like, "We the people." Yeah. He shut that down. Shut that shit down real quick. Oh. And that was the smartest thing he could do because I don't know if he was expecting the crowd to do that, but he should have because yeah. that's how they're gonna know Jake Hagar. They're gonna know him as Jack Swagger, WWE mid card guy. Yeah. So they to nip that in the bud. They need to nip that shit in the bud because he can't be viewed as. Oh, he couldn't hack it in WWE, so now he's in AEW. They don't want that. Nope. No, they don't want that. They, they want him to like, okay, this is Jake Hagar, undefeated Bellator mixed martial arts heavyweight fighter. Yeah. Which he is. Yes, he is. He's a shoot MMA guy. Yeah. 
Granted, if you look at that a little, you know, with, you know, if you just look at that, yeah, he's not fighting top talent. Yeah, he's not really fighting the best heavyweights out there, but he's still an undefeated heavyweight mixed martial arts fighter. Unlike CM Punk. Please don't mention his name to me right now. I don't want to. I don't want to go on another rant. I don't want to talk about Phil. Me and Phil are having trouble right now. Fuck Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I loved this inner circle. Ugh. I loved it. It was a cool name. Uh, they're already selling the shit ton out of the t-shirts. Enough to crash pro wrestling tees. Yes. To bring it back. Like what is it? What an hour later they right. were down. I mean. When you're producing that much material, Jericho has the number, the one, two, and three top selling T-shirts. Yeah, a little right bit now. of a bubbly. Yeah. Uh, AEW's Jericho. Right. And this. Yep. The inner circle. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so fucking good. You're welcome, <laughs> damn Jericho. And you know what? So Thank good. you, Chris Jericho. Oh, Thank he's you. so good. Jericho is. I don't want to so sit good. here and like you know a totally parallel Ma Fratelli here, but thank you, Chris Jericho. You've made my day. That's why they the smartest thing they could have done was put that title on Jericho. Mm -hmm. It made all the sense in the world to put that belt on Chris Jericho. Goddamn. It's great. I, I I love. I I don't want him to leave the TV screen. I love him. He he just steals. He steals it. And the thing was, he wasn't just talking about himself. He put over his he whole put over group, the whole entire group about how badass they were, how, how crazy Ortiz and Santana yep. were, how uh deadly, you know, as a shoot. And he he said this straight up. He's like how, how Jake Hagar is. Yeah, as a shoot. He's like, and that's a shoot. Yep. So anybody that like is into like wrestling and knows what those that terminology means, you're like, ooh, damn. But I love the idea that, and even though I thought originally it was a little cheesy, I love him beefing up Sammy Guevara like that, and enough so that he was confident enough to have him as his tag team partner yep. later on in that night. Sammy's great. He's a great wrestler, and he comes off as an asshole all the time. And you know what? Even if he's a babyface, like he isn't, like he is somewhere. I guess not anymore now. But well, in the past, he was I a think babyface. I think a lot he's of officially got oh, yeah, rid of the panda head. Yeah, because <laughs> you know it, it just it just doesn't working. Yeah, I loved it. So like I said, Professor Jericho held a promo class. So pay attention, kids. Pay attention. That's girl. how you cut a fucking promo. Yep. Next uh, next match was. Um, uh, then we had Darby Allen and Jimmy Jimmy Haddock. With the winner challenging Chris and, Jericho. And that match was intense, too. Yes, that was a good match. Darby Allen, it seems like, and, and you know, we've we've seen him a lot since, you know, since AEW has started, you know, yeah. doing their thing. And I'm telling you, Darby Allen's matches have been getting subsequently better and better. He's and gotten better. better Even than when he he's lost, they've been better and better and better. And he's better now than he was eight months ago. Yeah. I caught it. I caught an evolve show in the spring, and he's better now than he was then. So he's constantly improving. Yeah, he's he's gonna keep getting better. And I had this discussion with somebody recently. They were like, um, "This is this week on Twitter." Somebody that fucking blocked me, by the way. Yeah, good. They were congratulations. Like, you're the new idiot. Yeah, you're a fucking dipshit. I'm not even gonna dignify you, dipshit from New Jersey. And, uh... Was it Joey Janela? No, it wasn't Damn. Joey. Joey's a good guy. Joey's a good guy. He's a bad boy, but he's a good guy. Yeah. So, this dipshit's like, um... 
Darby Allen isn't a viable contender. Say what? And I was like, well... If AEW thinks that he's a contender, who are you to judge? I was like, well, that's because you're looking at it from maybe another another standpoint. You're looking at a guy that probably, number one, he wouldn't even get hired by the WWE. No. Number two, if he did, he'd be lost in the mid-card of 205 Live. Yeah. He wouldn't ever be nothing. In AEW, he's a star. He's over with the audience. He's going they to, love him. And he's going to get better. And he's good. His match with Shima last week that we saw the dark match live, it was a good match. Yes, it was. And he's just going to keep getting better. His finisher's over, and it's already protected. If he hits the coffin drop, you're done. It's over. It's the skateboard. And most importantly, the skateboard. The skateboard. He's going to. Kids are going to love Darby Allen. Darby Allen's going to be a superstar in AEW. Guaranteed, he's going to be a superstar. Do you think that maybe in a couple months from now, we will see a secondary title? Eventually, yeah, eventually. Like a US or TV title? Yeah, I think they're going to do a TV title. <coughs> just because they seem to really be on this WCW, NWA, like, retro-type, I don't want to say kick or feel, but the, you definitely get a presence. I mean, from, from um, you know... Uh, from the, 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 the Keith Mitchell is, is the producer. Uh, they have so many XWCW guys Tony working Schiavone, for them. For you him. know, behind the scenes, on camera, you have Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. And yeah, yeah, I definitely think it's going to make a TV type title. Plus, there's no TV title in WWE, there's no nope. TV title on Impact. So yeah, I think if they're going to do a secondary title, I think it's going to be an Impact. I mean, a TV title, yeah. yeah. And I think Darby Allen would definitely be up uh, up in line for that. I think if, so too. If he doesn't win, now I don't think they're gonna strip. Oh no no no! Jericho is gonna be no they that the, but, the smart movies. Jericho is gonna be your champion for a good while. But I have a feeling if Allen will win this match, but Jericho is gonna go over. Yeah, I don't know how it's gonna go, but I know that Darby Allen's gonna get more fans out of this match. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. And like his. Well, we'll tell you a little bit later on what happened. Yeah. But. So, yeah, needless to say, it was a good match. Him and Jimmy Havoc. Uh, Darby Allen uh, picks up the win. He hits the coffin drop. And um, it was a good match. And, and Jimmy Havoc. He's. He's one of those guys where, depending on what you want to do. If you want to have a clean wrestling match. If you want to have, uh, you know, a good heel uh, for a clean or dirty match, if you want to do uh, uh, hardcore or whatever, Jimmy Havoc's your guy. I've seen Jimmy Havoc have death matches in CCW, and I've seen him go hold for hold with Zack Sabre Jr., which he could do. He's from the same school Zack Sabre Jr.'s from. So. And Zack Sabre Jr. is one hell of a wrestler. He's the best technical wrestler in the world. He's, he's light years ahead of anybody else. Even Will Ospreay? For technical wrestling, yeah. 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 He's layers ahead of Brian Danielson. Wow. And the best technical wrestler award, like in the Observer Newsletter Awards, is the Brian Danielson Award because he won like every year it was ever, you know, the category was there. Brian Danielson won every year until he 2015. No, he won every year, even in WWE. Until 2015, Zack Sabre Jr.'s won, and Zack Sabre Jr.'s won every single year since then. But it's still called the Brian Danielson Award because he wanted he was the best technical wrestler. Yeah. But now I think that 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 title has been passed to ZSJ. 
But uh, Havoc, my point is, Jimmy Havoc can go style for style. He can do, do hardcore stuff. He can do comedy stuff. I loved his promo that they had before the match started. Yeah. When he too. was coming to the ring. I thought it was going to be a little bit crazier of a match. I really did. It was actually like a regular wrestling match. There's a problem with that? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I just was surprised. That's all. I just was surprised. And then after that, we had uh, the female match. It was Riho and Britt Baker. Which um, is... Oh. Did you hear the pop for Riho? Yes. Big time. Crowd Huge. loves her. Because Crowd. of the because of the DC. We got Riho over. Which I still didn't... Don't even see how... that it was like a magical moment that night was. It really was. Riho. That match wasn't even that good. But there was, even watching it back on TV, I was like... Now I, I see still what felt happened. it. I, I felt it that in the arena. I could feel like I was just looking at the crowd, like my God, they are everyone's into Rio. What is going on here? And I, 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 I've seen it, and they love her. You got a, you got a new fan in me. Yeah, because you know, even though I, I did predict her to win the title, I didn't think I would be into her as much as I've been. And that's saying something, Riho. Congratulations. Yeah, so it was uh, Riho and Britt Baker. You won me over. Against uh, <laughs> Emmy Sakura and B Priestley. The chick that acts like Freddie Mercury. Yes. Who was trying to get the crowd, and the crowd's like, no, stop, please. J no. Some people in the crowd were like... <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't encourage her. Stop. It definitely works in Japan. I works don't think Japan, it works here. Not in America. <laughs> they... She's. If they're gonna do another Joshi girl, they should have found one that works better as a heel, maybe, or looks more like a heel. Cause you mean the girl? Well, the the one that the, she beat, uh, that Riho beat to get into. Uh, yeah, yeah. That would have been a better. Uh, yeah, that's who I thought originally it was, and then I seen it was Emmy Sakura, and I was like, oh, she's so happy looking, and she does the whole Freddie Mercury gimmick. She's not a heel wrestler. And then you got though. B Priestley, who's just like this evil. Top you know. guy Jin. Yeah. That's what she calls herself. Yeah, absolutely. I love B. Priestley. Um, that Will match was Ospreay's fun. girlfriend, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, Osprey's girlfriend against Adam Cole's girlfriend. Yeah. So much fun. So much fun. Oh, so much fun, fun it is to ride. Oh, sorry. Wrong wrong uh, contact. So you have uh, Riho and Britt Baker went over. That yep. was a fun match. And I think that's and actually now, setting up. That's setting up this next week. Yep. So this upcoming week on the show, it's going to be Britt Baker taking on Riho. For the title. For the title. So that's very What makes you think that Britt B. Priestley ain't going to be involved? Right. Exactly. Expect it. I expect it. I expect it. Maybe even a, a certain, you know, burly someone, you know, that's like a big, thick brick wall. And I, then we had uh, Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard. I actually dug this match. Against, I mean, like, uh, I John really Moxley. did. Yes. This was like that silent mention match that I think that, you know, it, that, that they really won a lot of people over. But it was like the match stealer. This one was it. Because I think John Moxley beating the living piss out of him, and then otherwise, and Tully, you amaze me still. Tully's great. After all these years, you amaze me still. He ain't afraid of nobody. <laughs> yeah, he's not. Moxley was. He great. was ready to go toe to toe with Mox. Moxley was great, and uh, the only thing I, the only thing I can say about this match that alarmed me is when uh, Sean Spears hit the Death Valley Driver onto the floor. Oh God, yeah. I was really that was bad, that was bad, and I was. I hope he you never does he that might, again. You think he might have hurt him? 
No, I think he think I think he he hit his head. He definitely Moxley definitely hit his head, but he could have broke his neck. And yeah, he could have. That that's something that he probably should never do on the outside again. Uh, yeah. That's too dangerous. It's not a good move for him to do. Especially in the ring, hitting a DVD is okay. Even on the apron, hitting a DVD is dangerous, but it's okay. You you know that there's a little bit of protection. Moxley's big. Yes, he is. He's a big boy. He's thick. And I'm not saying Sean Spears can't do it, but, you know, running with a big dude like that on your shoulders and you got to cradle the neck and hit the DVD into the... It looked like he had a bit of a tough time, you know, doing it, the you know, safely. It's just something I... I mean, do it on the guy like Darby Allen all day long. Because he's... Yeah, he's lighter. You lighter can do it, but Moxley's a thick dude. Yeah. He's, and he's thicker now than he ever was before. He's in. He's so much. I mean, he's not in the greatest shape right now because he's coming off an injury. But I seen him in the G one. He's like thicker and bigger than like everybody in New Japan. He's thicker and bigger than most people in AEW. He's big as shit. Yeah. He's a big dude. Yeah. But I liked the match. It wasn't a shit match at all. It was good. It was good. I liked it. It was a good. I don't know how. Honestly, if if Sean Spears keeps losing, I don't know how long Tully's going to be with him. Yeah, he's got to. He's got to win. There's got to be. There's got to be that. Uh... I I would say put him in the ring with um, like uh, put him in the ring with a, like a Joey Janela. Put him in the ring with a um, a uh, Sunny Kiss. One of their baby Peter faces. Avalon. Peter Avalon. Well, Avalon. somebody. No one knows what the hell's going on with Avalon. Yeah, give Sean Spears. He needs to get a couple wins. Put him on TV. You know, give him a couple wins. That's what they should. Put do. him up against uh, Hangman Page. <laughs> Obviously, everybody else is going over on him. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, like, Hangman's starting to become, like, you know, the pariah. Yeah, so that all leads us to, well, then you had the Kenny Omega comes out with the barbed oh. wire. The and barbed the wire, barbed broom. wire broom, bro. And the barbed wire bat. That the was cleaner. Really cool. I was like, he's back, the cleaner. Meanwhile, you have Pac doing commentary during yeah. the whole match. And, he and has, he's making a very legitimate Very point. legitimate point. He is undefeated in AEW. He beats Hangman Page beat on the, the debut episode. Beat the two number one contenders. Beat Kenny Omega at the last pay-per-view, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Why am I not getting a title shot? Why is it Cody Rhodes? Why is it Darby Allen? What's why? Why am I not?" Well, the quick answer, Pack, is because you're a big star, and they're gonna save you for a pay-per-view. <laughs> they're not gonna yeah, give that one it. away on and, TV. And, and the other, the other less political answer was you held up the company too. That's true. You you, you held up the company. They had to go with Plan B. For a uh, double or nothing, and they're going to make you pay for it for a little bit. Pl- plain and simple. Yeah, now that he's no longer in Dragon Gate, um, I, I think he can definitely play ball no more. Uh, play ball now, uh, but it makes a lot of sense. You know, it, it does. I mean, I, I'm under that Roddy Piper school of, school of thought. You know, sometimes I mean, you got to do a job. You know, you got to do the job sometimes, but you've also got to protect yourself too. Yep. Like, back in the day, Piper knew that if he let Hogan, you know, pin him clean, he was done in the main event scene. That's why Roddy never let Hogan pin him back in the day in the early 80s, you know? So you can win this match, but you're not pinning me clean. And he never did. Never did. Never did. And Piper beat him clean. And that's why Roddy threw that shit in Hogan's face in the 90s in WCW. Is like, I'm the one guy you never beat. And he never did. So, you know, so it makes sense, you know, Pac Miss you, Roddy. Pac was the champion in Dragon Gate, and he's like, well, yeah, you want me to come here and, and job out, 
you know, to this New Japan guy, and I'm still in Japan, and they can see this, so it makes sense, you know, I, I guess it makes sense, it's whatever, though. But yeah, that's what I think. You know, they're gonna they're gonna you know extend this feud. Maybe throw uh, Moxley in with Pack. Who knows how it's gonna. You play might out. have literally a four way dance. You very easily could. Very easily. Omega, Page, friggin' Moxley, and Pack. That'll like be it. an interesting four way dance. I would I I wouldn't mind seeing um another Kenny Omega uh, Pack match. I wouldn't mind seeing another Pack uh, uh, Hangman Page but match. But a Pack and Moxley match. That's the next big thing. Yeah, that's that it. definitely uh, after the show here in Baltimore, I could definitely see that happening. I could yeah. see that happening, no doubt. A lot of exciting things. A lot of exciting. I mean, like I'm not sitting here and doing this with the WWE roster right now. I'm doing this with AEW because they're showing us something different. They're showing us something that we can get reinvigorated with. They, the numbers show. That the wrestling fans that 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 they they're out there. They just didn't watch the WWE. They didn't want it. They didn't like it, and they stopped watching it. And they were doing anything they could do to get the wrestling they like. Uh, this younger generation, people younger than myself, people younger than Danny. People were always saying, well, there's no new wrestling fans. If you're a wrestling fan now, it's because you were a wrestling fan in the 90s. Well, there's a whole bunch of people that, were, that have been born in the past 25 years. How do you explain all the John Cena fans then? How do you explain, you know, the Roman Reigns fans? How do you explain... Well, that's the point. I mean, because a lot of the parents and stuff, you know, the parents of the fans and they pass on to their kids. They're, they're basically they're saying WWE can't create new fans and that's essentially true, in a sense. But there are new wrestling fans. They just don't want the WWE. Yeah. And there's millions of them out there watching AEW every week now. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Very, very much so. And when you don't have baseball playoffs, you know, taking viewers away... You're going to see how much see more, more of an effect. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so that was that. And then that takes us to the main, the main event, event. And that was Jericho and Sammy Guevara against... Uh, the Natural, Dustin Rhodes, and Hangman Adam Page. And they brought uh, the, the color commentator team, uh, Shivani and, and uh, uh, Jim Ross and Excalibur. Yes. Brought up something that you and I had talked about previously. And I personally think this was the most amazing contrast that I could see in regards to Hangman Page. And that's uh, for someone who, you know, we're both pretty good, big fans of, which was Barry Windham. Oh, yeah, I love me some Barry Windham. And Barry Windham... I see a young Barry Windham in, in Hangman Page, maybe a little bit more cut, but oh my God, like the, you could, like, especially him tagging with Dustin. Yeah, he's not as big as Barry, but, but he can do things Barry could never do. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's got that Barry Windham look, you know? Except for the damn boots. Except we need for those boots. We need those boots. If you're listening, Hangman, get the boots. Don't be surprised if you don't see that coming up at some point in time. I, I think we're going to see those boots come into play. I think he should have been using them for years now. Yeah. I don't see anybody... Uh, the only person that uses them now that I can even think of is um, uh, J.D. Drake from uh, the, from Evolve, uh, Anthony Henry's tag team partner from um, The Workhorses. Shout out to Anthony Henry, my man. Yeah, and MCW. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, hopefully we see that. This is a good match. Um, Jericho and Sammy Guevara did a good great job. Good match is an understatement. 
This was it was a, a real good mid event tag team match for TV. Yes. I really enjoyed it. It got every it did everything it was supposed to do. Uh, Jake Hagar was on the outside of the ring accompanying Jericho. Yeah, man. You know what's interesting? I found out today, as a matter of fact. What? Um, I just found this out today that Jericho actually pitched this years ago to the WWE. He wanted Jack Swagger at the time to be his bodyguard back then. Back in like 2010-11. Yeah. And they were like, nah. Nah. We, we don't want him to be in that role. And he's like, but he's like a six foot nine. He's a monster. Right. And you're making him sit in front of people with Zeb Coulter going, we are people. So Jerry Until actually, they got over. Yeah. And then they were like, uh, we don't want you to do that anymore. Oh yeah, as soon as, the, the, we, the, yeah, as, soon, yeah, as soon as they got over, killed that shit. Killed that shit. Duh. Cesaro, bye. He went off and doing his own thing. Jack Swagger, flopping in the wind. But you know what? Jake Hagar didn't forget about that. Good old Jake Hagar. Yeah, Jericho had, was a, in, was instrumental in bringing uh, Jake Hagar into AEW. Yep. And Apparently, from what Tony Khan had said, this was months in the planning, and he's kept his mouth shut. And that's the best part. And I was like, wait a minute, you got a guy that you've had under contract for months. Yeah. And... He didn't say a peep. Yeah, they were waiting for the right time to bring him in, I guess. Uh-huh. And you know what? <laughs> I, I, I can't even go any further than that. I'm like, you know what? I'm anxious to see if his in-ring style has changed or if it's going to change by the time he makes his debut. Uh-huh. Um, I think he might be a little bit more harder hitting. I think he might be working a little Dude, more Dude, he's snug. huge right now compared to where he was. Yeah. He's huge. Yeah, he's uh, he's in he's in good shape. Very good shape. Yeah, I mean, I've watched his MMA fights on Bellator. I've seen his fights. You know, he's he's dominating dudes. The guys he's fighting, he's dominating them. He really is. He's totally dominating them. He's not fighting. Like I said, he's not fighting. You know, Stipe Miocic, Daniel Cormier, you know, type heavyweights. But the guys that he's fighting, he's destroying them. Yeah. You know, and he's doing doing it not even it's not they're not even like competitive. He's like literally destroying these guys. Yeah. He's like taking dudes down, he's beating the shit out of them, and he's finishing everybody. He's two and zero on Bellator with two finishes. Yep. So So he's causing problems for Adam Hangman Page and, and, and Dustin Rhodes in I like the clothesline he hit on the outside. Oh my god. That I was, didn't, I thought he took his head off. That was a good clothesline. So he's off to a good start. And he, and yeah. Page sold that very well. Oh yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, the finish comes. Uh, Jericho hits Dustin Rhodes with the uh, Judas effect. I love how they're calling him the natural Dustin Rhodes again. I think yes. that's really cool. I like it, too. Yeah. Because that's what he was. He was the natural. Yeah, and they even bring up why he was called why the natural. Why was he called you that? You know, because he was, uh, as in Jim Ross His says, in-ring talent was so good. Oh, yeah. That he was he was basically a wrestling prodigy. <coughs> his, you know, his dad taught him well. You know, and, and some guys can take the pro wrestling like like a fish to water. I always say, and Dustin Rhodes is one of those guys. Yeah, and you don't see it all the time. Like Matt Riddle, Ronda Rousey, uh, you know, several other people. They take the wrestling like a fish to water. It's just like it's like a second nature to them. People always said Barry Woodham was like that. Yep. They they say Dustin Rhodes was like that. Mm-hmm. It seems like Tessa Blanchard's like that. Oh my God! If I were ever to see Tessa Blanchard fight fucking Charlotte Flair, I'd go crazy. I, and and the thing was, she the WWE had her uh-huh. in the May Young tournament. They had her, and they're like, nah, nah. They had Rachel Ellering, thinking what they could have done. 
You have Paul Ellering's daughter, Tully Blanchard's daughter, and Ric Flair's daughter all right there. You could have created a brand new, all authentic, all real, all original stable from those three girls instead of putting her in a quote unquote four horse women who, to be quite <sighs> honest, no, I don't want to throw you in another rant. <laughs> mm -mm -mm. But what could have been? What could have been? Now you have Tessa Blanchard lightening up. She lights up everywhere she goes. Everywhere. Yeah, I guess I she's happy dad's where she's Well, at. both her dads. Yeah, but, but, right. but you know, they're both proud. And um, I think so, her stepdad is Magnum T.A. and yeah. her real dad is it's totally Tully Blanchard. fucking Blanchard. Well, that's crazy. That's just what that's. She's got a awesome. pedigree. Yeah, and I'm not talking about Triple H's move. I'm talking about a real wrestling pedigree. So the end of the match. There was a giant uh, kerfuffle again, where the inner circle just start beating the living hell out of Hangman Page and and and, and uh, Dustin Rhodes, and the lights go out. Yeah. Lights. Oh yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah. <laughs> lights go out. <coughs> when they come back on, you have Cody Rhodes in the ring in a suit, in his suit, looking sharp as ever, getting ready to get off that suit. Right. He uh he throws his cufflinks off and he starts cleaning house. He's got the chair. Before you know it, Santana and Ortiz come down. LAX. Cue the Young Bucks. The young Bucks come down. They're outnumbered. Jake Hagar and, and, and Hangman Page are fighting all the way into the back. They disappear. Yes. Freaking uh, Jericho's trying to, you know, make some semblance of what the hell's going on. The elite are trying to get back what they lost. Jericho's having none of it. He's taking his belt. He's going back up. And all of a sudden you hear a rolling sound. Oh, before that, you have the MJF. Oh, yeah. The best part. The best part. Oh, God. So MJF comes down, and everybody in the crowd, right, the inner circle, including me. The inner circle, like, they get the oh, advantage God. back. They have Cody down. MJF comes to the ring. Jericho's holding up Cody like, all right. Go ahead. Hit him. Join the inner circle. Yes. And MJF hits, was it, was it Ortiz or was it Santana? But he hits him in the gut and starts laying everybody out with the chair. They teased it again. And, and he'll and turn again. Everybody. But here's the thing. Everybody in the crowd, when he started doing that, just went ballistic. Oh, yeah. yeah, when he when he saved Cody, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. When he finally does oh. turn on Cody, it's going to be fucking great. I know. They're going to tease it like this a couple more times, I think. But when it finally does happen, I don't think no one's going to expect it. Oh, Maybe we're going to Who knows? It's wrestling. But, probably expect so, Finally, you know, Jericho gets out of the ring. He's, he's had enough. The, the elite are starting to clean house. You hear a rolling sound, and he turns around, and there is Darby Allen coming down on his skateboard. Yes. Flying off the skateboard. And to a huge ovation, mind oh, you. Oh, yeah. And if you didn't think like he shit. was over before, he's over now. Oh, yes. <clears throat> so he comes down, and he starts beating the living shit out of Jericho. He's hitting him with the skateboard. He's, he's just wailing into Le Champion. Yes. And he gets into the ring. And then what is the first thing that Jericho says to him? He says, you're going to get it now, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> On, see, that's why I, I like that it's not scripted. He He's using his real anger. His yes. real, you know, he's like, you're going to get it. So that teases next week. And he comes on 
to uh, like they release a, a, an interview that he did. Yeah. Like maybe like an hour after what had happened. Right. And he's sitting there talking about how Darby Allen, you should have just kept kept out of it. You know now, you're gonna have to be brought down by the pain maker. I don't give pain. I make it. So <laughs> he basically made this match a Philadelphia street fight. And if you and I'm telling you, I think this is gonna be a really crazy match. I think so too. I think it's gonna knock everybody's socks off because Jericho really does good in these type of matches. Mm-hmm. His match with Naito like this was ridiculous. I the know. match with Kenny Omega was was Absolutely a five phenomenal. star classic. Yep. So one thing to Darby remember. Allen's crazy. Darby so. Allen, yeah, Darby so Allen. Look, look for some crazy. You're shit gonna to happen see some week. amazing shit. Even though both of us will predict that. No, he's not going to win the belt. No, not yet. No, not no, no. I don't not see yet. anybody taking this belt from Jericho for a little bit of time. It would be stupid to do any to take it from Jericho no, for a while. For Leave a Jericho bit. as your champion for a while. Mm-hmm. He's great. Yes, as the champion right now, he is great. Yeah, yeah. And he, you start finding that there's you could do a long term thing with Cody. There's there's a million things they could do, but yeah, don't don't take this belt off Jericho for not a yet. while. Not yeah. yet. Not yet. Definitely not yet. Because you gotta, you gotta, you're gonna be building to something. Yep. And so the dark matches this week we had that are gonna be shown on Tuesday. Yes, and we're gonna, oh boy, we're, we're we'll so... go over the we will go over the results of these bad boys. Yeah. On the next chop shop, but go ahead. So it looks like it's Kip Sabian in a three way versus Kip, it's Kip Sabian versus Peter Avalon versus Sonny Kiss. So the librarian's finally gonna make his debut. And then in a uh, eight-man tag match, you have the Dark Order and um, Jack Evans and Helico. They call them the Hybrid Two. Yes, that's right. And they're taking on all three members of SCU and Chima. Chima, man. And then in the main event of AEW Dark, <laughs> you have the cleaner Kenny Omega against the bad boy Joey Janela in a lights out match. Oh my God. And what everyone is saying is this match goes about 26, 27 minutes, and it it's is the absolutely most intense, amazing insane. thing that you will see. So I'm telling you, tune you, in, folks. Tune it's going to be fucking great. It is going to be amazing. To say the least. A little side note about Shima, some news I picked up this yeah. week. Uh, interestingly enough, the uh, OVE group that he's part of. Yeah. OWE, I'm O-W-E. sorry, not OVE. That's. Uh, OVE that's is the o- other. Oh, yeah. O- Ohio fucking Sandy Callahan thing. Um, so, OWE, apparently, they're leaving China. Apparently, um, they they were going to get a TV deal in China, but the way the Chinese television system is set up... Oh my up, god, it's so... It's so um, it's worse than WWE when it comes to, like, sanctioning and... Yeah, and there's no money in it. They don't get... No they're not going to get no money in it. And plus, they <coughs> can't go on tour and make money either in China. Nope. So they're basically taking a couple of the uh, monks and kung fu people they've trained as pro wrestlers. They're taking them and they're moving the headquarters from... From from China and Shanghai to Cambodia, ooh! So that's where the OWE's new headquarters is going to be. It's going to be in Cambodia. Interestingly enough, also in uh, that part of the world in the uh, in the Pacific, you know, that part of the Pacific is uh, the One Fighting Championship group, and apparently 
AEW is now partnered with and, them for kind yeah, of. And, and AEW and and One FC are partnering up in a sense. So that's very interesting. Yeah, that that's very interesting, and that's run by former UFC middleweight champion Rich Franklin, and then former UFC uh, bantamweight champion on the women's side Misha Tate runs uh, one's uh, women's division. So that's very interesting stuff going on right there in that side of the world. Very very interesting. Very interesting. So next we're talking about NXT, right? Yeah, I just go. We'll go over the numbers real quick. So it looks like the uh, AEW Week Two results from Boston. They did one million eighteen thousand uh, for their uh, first showing on TNT, they and then still, they did uh, one hundred twenty-two thousand yeah. on True TV, and then they did three hundred sixty thousand. Put on True TV of all because places. of the baseball game. They were afraid that it could be preempted if the baseball game went long, but it didn't. So they they showed it on True TV as well. So they they showed the show on TNT and True TV. So they did a million eighteen on TNT, one hundred twenty two thousand on True TV, and then at ten p.m. replay they did another three hundred sixty thousand. So they won the week definitely. Uh, they definitely dropped from last week, but that, but they were expected that was baseball because yeah. of baseball. Uh, NXT. I watched NXT on Thursday. Danny didn't watch it. I'll run through it real quick since we both didn't see it. It dra- it dragged, number one. We're mm-hmm. AEW, like we were saying before, off the air. I was like two hours into it, and it was almost over. Yeah. Like, I could have used a third hour of this. Right. It, it went by so quick. It just went by real, real quick, which... That was that was something, you know. I just I was a little upset by that. Like, damn, it went by so fast. But NXT, on the other hand, it, it dragged on. You're like, is yeah. this over yet? <laughs> the NXT um, it fell eleven percent from last week, and they did a total of uh, seven hundred ninety thousand viewers. Yeah. So, so your diehard WWE marks. Are and still apparently, the, the show. they their biggest numbers, their biggest demographic was the over over uh, forty nine demographic. Where AEW is killing it with the eighteen to uh, forty demographic, and the younger demographic than that, but WWE's getting more viewers that are over fifty, apparently. What the fuck? Because more older people watch WWE. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> There's a lady I know. I'll never forget it. Fuck, I'm not even gonna talk about it. She's not even worth dignifying. Damn. So. Sorry, lady. Yeah. So. Uh, opening match on NXT was Leo Rush, um, MCW's own Leo Rush took yeah, on man. took on Drew Gulak for the newly christened NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, good match. Uh, Leo Rush went over, took the belt from Drew Gulak. This was a good match, but I I totally agree with what Brian Alvarez said on his show. If this match had been on AEW, it would have been a great match. They did W. It was a WWE style match. Oh God! So there was, it was. I want to say boring because it wasn't boring, but there was. It just could have been so much more. Yeah. Um, next, a really interesting match it was Rhea Ripley against Aaliyah. This was really fun. It lasted like two minutes. It was complete destruction. Rhea Ripley is great. She's like twenty three. She's huge. Not like heavy, but she's big for a, a like girl. Like Bull Nakano type huge. No, more like. More like um, Charlotte Flair type huge. Oh, like tall. She's tall and, and like you know definitely intimidating. You know, oh, she's, okay. She's you know she works out. She's athletic. Yeah. The finish. It was a reverse Indian deathlock into a Cesaro swing, and then she did a sit out Indian deathlock power bomb, and stood back up 
and crank on the Indian Deathlock. It was fun. I don't know how else to explain it. But it was incredible and it looked so painful. And Aaliyah's screaming at the top of her lungs. That was something. Damn. It was it was really cool. It was really, really cool. Um, the next match was Breezango against the Forgotten Sons. Please give up on the Forgotten Sons. We've all forgotten about them, NXT. WWE, please forget about the Forgotten Sons. Who were the Forgotten Sons? That's how bad they're, they're a tag team that they are dying to get over. They're not getting over. Oh, Nobody man. likes them. They look real generic. And they're like the Dark Order. Their Dark Order's cooler than these guys. Oh, really? They're really. Damn. When you're they're, they're trying to get these guys over. It won't work. Brizango came out dressed up like... Uh, men at Work, the 80s group, like construction workers. They come from a land down under. And they made every single sexual pun and reference you could possibly think of. Oh, wow. How do you do that on a PG show? A, Beth, <laughs> all Beth Phoenix could do was talk about, like, innuendos about In how endo. big their dicks are and how good they are at fucking. And then Nigel, it was just really weird. Uh, it, it was weird. It just was weird. And then uh, that was, it was terrible. Fuck that match. Then you have uh, Cameron Grimes, formerly known as Trevor Lee. Trevor Lee. I love Trevor Lee. As Mr. Bubbly. He came out and did a three-second squash over a guy named Boa from China. He hit Aww. his awesome jumping double stomp and another three-second squash. And then for some reason, Killian Dane came out, but... Didn't attack Trevor Lee, but it looked like Cameron Grimes, but it looked like that's where they're going. But he beat up the other guy, but he was just in a fight with Matt Riddle last week. But I, I, I don't know what's going on there. And then you have Damian Priest. He used to be called Punisher Martinez. In oh, my God. He did a promo on Pete Dunne. They're going to do a program with them, too. Uh -huh. Um, he's doing the crossroads as his finisher now, but they're He's not. using crossroads? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they, had a, then they had a pretty good match. I really enjoyed this. Uh, Roderick Strong, the NXT, um, North American champion, defended his title against, um... I'm so tired of these stupid names. <laughs> Isaiah Swerve Scott, formerly known as Shane Strickland... And Killshot in Lucha Underground, even that's cooler than Isaiah Swerve Scott. Swerve. But Isaiah Swerve Scott, this was a fucking great match. I liked it a lot. It wasn't the best Roderick Strong match, but really it was to get Isaiah Scott Roderick over. Roderick Strong could fart on a, a snare drum. I love Roddy. I do. I'm a big Roddy yeah. fan. I love Roderick Strong. Yeah. Um, but I, I like Isaiah Scott too. This match was real good. And it, he's like nobody else in NXT. His offense is different. His moveset's different. He he just wrestles different than anybody in NXT. He looks different. I, I like him. Um, so that was cool. Um, Roddy went over. He uh, It looked like Isaiah Scott was going to win. Undisputed Era comes out. They don't get involved, but they're standing there. And Isaiah Scott like kind of like is paying more attention to the outside of the ring. Roddy hits the sick kick. Roddy hits a backbreaker. Roddy hits end of heartache. Uh, four moves in a row. Boom, boom, boom. Big high offense. Gets the pin. Then um, you had Bianca Belair against Dakota Kai. Um, this was the returning Dakota Kai. I thought Dakota Kai was going to get over since she just came back. But Bianca Belair won this match. This started slow but picked up halfway through. Wasn't a bad match. It was a good woman's match. I liked it. Bianca Belair is really talented. Is then, she actually from Belair? No. Damn. 
She's good though. I really like her. And then uh, the main event. Yes. This fucking match. It was Walter. Walter against Kushida. Kushida. This is like a dream match for me because I love both these guys so much. Yes. Walter is like nobody else in WWE. Thank God. He don't have a finisher. He just does moves. Like his finisher one week could be a frog splash. His finisher one week could be a fucking sick power bomb. His finisher one week could just be a sick lariat. You never know what his finish is going to be. So that's cool. I love Walter. I love the gimmick with fucking. It was Ring Comp before, but now it's whatever the fuck Imperium. it's called. The Imperium, yeah. I love it. I love how they. I just love it. I love everything about it. I love how they shake hands and stand at parade rest and they're no nonsense and you don't disrespect the mat. I love everything they do with Walter. I, I just can't put over Walter enough. I love this match. Um, it was a really good big man, little man match. Not as good as the Tyler Bate match, but on that level. Mm. Um, Kushida <coughs> looked a little off in the beginning, but it all worked out in the end. There's probably pre-match jitters. Yeah. He's on a bigger st scale. Yeah, yeah. It just looked a little off, but it, like I said, it all worked out. It was a really good match, and it, you know, it was. I, I think if this match would have been in like New Japan or something, I think it would have. I think it would have been like really, really, really good. But it wasn't bad. I liked it. Right. So that ended uh, NXT for this week. Um, so I can't really tell you what they have planned for next week. I didn't uh, didn't pay attention enough to do that to write that down. I was pretty much done. That two hours. Felt like three hours. Whereas for Dynamite, that two hours felt like one hour. Yes. And you could have gone another. Yes, exactly. All right. So what do we got next? Uh, what else do we got going on this week? Um, what other news do we have this week? What happened on Friday Night SmackDown? Oh, Jesus. Last week. Um, you had a seven-second squash of... Oh, our new friend just came in. My cat. Our... Oh, I forgot to tell you the bad news about the cricket. The Chop Shop cricket. What happened to Waldo? The Chop Shop cat ate him. What? You yeah. ate Waldo? He ate Waldo. He what ate the? Waldo. No! Not Waldo! Yeah, so this, uh, Friday Night Smackdown was... It was it was good. Um, I didn't mind it at all. I liked it for a WWE show. Um, the, the big news was uh, the, the Kane Velasquez. I'm a little over... I'm a little for Clint right now. Yeah, Waldo's Waldo. gone. Little shit, the chop shop cat. Fucking cat. Little shit. That's the cat's name. The chop shop. Or cat. is we starting to call him murderer? <laughs> yeah, you can't hear Waldo. Waldo has been uh, Waldo's passed on. So no more uh, no more questions for Waldo. <laughs> I must have to talk to Orange Cassidy about this. Yeah, I watched uh, the SmackDown show last week. The Rock came out and uh, <laughs> gave the rub to Becky Lynch. She gave her a couple lines. They made fun of Baron Corbin. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, who, who doesn't make fun of Baron Corbin? Apparently Vince loves him. I don't know why. Blah, 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 blah. The only other big news from SmackDown that I can think of right now is uh, everybody that was advertised for the show... They didn't feature the crowd yeah. chin AEW at the end. Yes. Cain Velasquez came out and did not look in good shape. The audience didn't know who he was. and uh, How do you not know who Cain Velasquez is? Yeah, a lot of people don't. Uh, yeah, but... I mean, yeah. A lot of WWE fans must not watch the UFC, I guess. Uh -huh. I don't know. Um, 
Kane came out with a knee brace on and did a double leg on Brock and did, and beat him up. And Brock and Paul Heyman looked like they saw a ghost. And they put over the fact that Cain Velasquez is the guy that knocked Brock out in the first round and took the UFC title from him, which, of course, happened. That's what, yeah. And, um, yeah, <coughs> so Brock's the new WWE champion. He killed Kofi Kingston in seven seconds, took the belt from him. Yeah. Uh, Which, in my opinion, was an absolute travesty. Yeah, they did that. They, they, did, they did Kofi bad. Yeah, Kofi was on fire at WrestleMania, and then just like Rollins after WrestleMania, it all went downhill. They they completely... When they totally fuck up your character because yeah. of these damn scripts and bad creative. See, this is... And, and, and I gotta uh, go with what Jericho said on Dynamite. He did a shoot on creative. Yeah. And they didn't, you know... Th- this is what you get when you have shitty creative. Absolutely. And you get squash matches that shouldn't have been squash matches. So that's all I, I can I really think of when SmackDown. Co- I didn't mind that Kofi lost. That yeah. was going to come. Right. I knew he was going to lose but to Brock anyway. the way he lost was... Oh, he didn't face. get nothing. He didn't get nothing out of it. Not even a clothesline. Not a nothing. The match started, he got f 5 and it was over. That was and it. And yet, you got a guy who's <laughs> uh, crying his eyes out because he, he, he can't deal with the scary monster. Yeah. You know, but he's apparently a beast slayer that, that, that slayed the beast twice. But he's scared of a guy in a mask. But he's scared of a dude in a mask. That he's wrestled 500 times. <sighs> the Shield and the Wyatt family had, like, a feud for, like, a year and a half or yeah. some shit. So... <laughs> But in, in better news, so fuck that. Fuck that. In better news, well, not really better news. Uh, in other news, we had. Uh, well, hold on, hold on. We gotta put on. We gotta have our news thing if we're gonna do the news. Yeah, I'll do two other little news tidbits, then we'll go over some New Japan notes, then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, we got questions too. We got questions. Oh yes, yeah, so this is definitely an extended podcast. Okay. I told you, we are super sized uh, chop shop. Today. I guess it's gonna be like this every week from now on, folks. There's just so much wrestling to go over now. I love it. I know. I, I'm absolutely. You know. I'm so. I'm so happy that wrestling again is is relevant, and it's just it's amazing that that the, that the where we are at this point for wrestling, and we're back. We are back. We are. And the news. In the news, apparently, former WWE champion and Impact champion Jeff Hardy. Ugh. He's having more bad luck. Poor Jeff. Jeff Hardy's having more issues. He was arrested again. 42-year-old Jeff Hardy was arrested the other day for driving while intoxicated. He failed a field sobriety test. Coming out of a liquor store, he was getting a case of beer, and he had a bloody nose and was driving erratically. He was pulled over by the police. They asked him why he had a bloody nose, and he said he got into a fight with his wife. At which point... The police gave him a field sobriety test, and he failed, and he was arrested. And uh, to revisit some old news, today on um, on the Facebook page for the Chop Shop, there apparently now is a GoFundMe now for ODB's food truck. Yes! That is awesome. Headed by the former Tara slash Victoria, Lisa Marie Varon, who is helping her buddy get... Uh, her tender vittles back on to the uh, route where they're taking him. And I tell you, you know what? We, we, we did this as a kidding thing for, for her uh, for her food truck. But I really hope she gets a new one. Me too. 
Another thing interesting news we touched on earlier before we recorded was Kylie Ray. Oh my God! Okay, signed with Impact. Yes, of all of all the things that 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 could have happened, this one was the most unexpected that I could tell you. I was uh, kind of surprised at this. I really was. I did not ex- see this one coming. I thought she was kind of taking a break from wrestling, but she worked at indie show the other week, and now she signs with Impact. Yeah. Which can only lead to even more speculation as to what the hell happened in AEW. It looked like she was going to get the get a big push. She was going to be a big integral part of their women's division. Like, I we can't we can only speculate as to only what speculate. happened because. Uh, but it had to have been something so severe. It had to be for something. there to be an amicable split for one. Yep. And then all of a sudden, what maybe a month later, she's doing. Indie shows, yeah. and then signs with a direct competitor. Yeah, that's really bizarre. I, I don't know what's going on. All right, are we ready for the mailbox? Yeah, one other thing, real quick, because uh, it's been a kind of a quiet week in New Japan. The only big news out of New Japan this week: they announced the uh, tag team tournament, oh, the yeah. tag team tournament Shoot. lineup. Um, so. Which also brings me into more uh, CMLL news with Roosh and Dragon Lee. But so right now the teams are you have uh, Yuya Yamura, the Young Lion, teaming up with Tiger Mask. This is the first time Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask haven't teamed up in the uh, Junior Tag Tournament in years. Well, so, Jushin Thunder Liger ain't really a junior. He's been a junior his whole career. But, but anyway, that's just it. He's an old uh, older man. <laughs> right. So he's he's retiring. So this, <coughs> that's why he's not doing it. Yeah. And he's in this thing with Suzuki right now anyway. Yeah. So you have uh, Tiger Mask and Yuya Yamura as one team. Then you have uh, uh, Ryusuke Taguchi and Rocky Romero. Uh, they are both the coaches of New Japan. So they're their team. You have the Birds of Prey. My main man. Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles. And let me tell you, if you have not seen a match with Robbie Eagles and Will Ospreay yet, that is a real treat. Check them out on YouTube, New Japan World. They oh, are yeah. amazing. They together. are freaking awesome as a tag team. They're so good. They're so impressive. Uh, then you have Sho and Yo from Pongi 3K. You have um, from uh, CMLL, uh, Titan and Voldor Jr. It was supposed to be Dragon Lee and Titan, but we'll get into that in a second. But it's Voldor Jr. and Titan. Then you have uh, Clark Connors from the LA Dojo teaming with uh, TJ Perkins. TJP, it looks like he's doing New Japan full-time now. Good awesome. for him. Back back where he started at. He's actually from the original LA Dojo. It was uh, Samoa Joe, TJ Perkins, uh, Brian Danielson, and a few others. They all started from the LA Dojo back in the day. Yeah. So that's cool. You have the current um, junior tag team champions, the great El Fantasmo, and Taiji Ishimori. The Soldier. Bullet Club. Uh, they are a team. And then representing Suzuki Goon, you have Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado, the returning El Desperado. He has been out for the bulk of this year. He got a broken jaw. I think it was during the New Japan Cup Tour. Mm. Right before the Super Juniors, he got his jaw broken. And he's been out with that broken jaw all this time. So... That's cool. El Desperado's back. I think he's working. Oh, also, yeah. King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah. New Japan's big show. Uh, their biggest show before Wrestle Kingdom is this Monday. 5 a.m., I believe, East Coast time. Monday morning. I know what I'll be doing at 5 a.m. East Coast time. Monday morning. Is checking this thing out. I uh, will be you watching New Japan You know what I'm doing Japan at 5 a.m. at Monday morning? Sleeping. 
I get up extra early when New Japan shows and watch them live because I'm a fucking psychopath. He's also addicted, folks. He's totally addicted to this show. But yeah, real quick, uh, before we uh, get to the mailbag, yeah, Dragon Lee was supposed to work um, the uh, New Japan uh, yeah. Super Junior Tournament, but it looks like CMLL, who has a working relationship with New Japan and Ring of Honor, it looks like... Dragon Lee was pulled from that. They, I think New Japan's official uh, statement they made regarding the situation was they hope that CMLL and Dragon Lee can work this out so they can use Dragon Lee in the future without any um, s- issues or circumstances arising, which is very interesting. Um, Considering what happened. Yeah, and right now CMLL, what they're doing... They're forcing all the promotions, all the independent promotions in Mexico, basically, to choose. So if an indie promotion in Mexico, we'll use The Crash, for example, which is Conan's promotion. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, Dragon and Roosh are booked on that show, but also CMLL guys are booked on that show. So CMLL said, well, make a decision. You can either use Roosh and Dragon Lee... Or you can use the CML guys, but we're not going to have our guys on a show with, with Roosh. CMLL guys. We're not going to have CML guys on a show with Roosh and Dragon Lee. So make a choice. And a lot of the promotions are going with CMLL, but the Crash didn't. The Crash is stuck to their guns, and they lost a lot of the talent they were using for that show. Uh, but they kept Roosh and Dragon Lee because that was a they're in a big match for that show. Yeah. The weird thing is, is how this is going to work for Ring of Honor. Oh, my Lord. Because Roosh is, is, their, their, t- is their champion, and yeah. he's still under contract for another, like, three or four months with Ring of Honor. Um, and CML <coughs> guys work Ring of Honor all the time now, because they have a working agreement with, with uh, Ring of Honor. CML does. So I have no idea how that's going to work. It looks like Dragon Lee, who really wanted to work New Japan, isn't working New Japan no more, which kind of frees him up to work other places. I know that uh, AEW's wanted, they've talked to him, mm-hmm. and I also know that um, uh, Uncle Paul, Triple H, is a huge fan of Dragon Lee. Uh, but history also shows that Latino guys don't exactly have the best fortunes in the WWE. Nope. Rey Mysterio aside, everybody Eddie else Guerrero pretty much gets... Aside. Yeah, except for Eddie and Ray, everybody else pretty much gets shit on. Look at Sin Cara... Look at fucking... Even Andrade C. and Almas. He did great NXT for the most part. Now he's just Charlotte Flair's boyfriend. Yeah, he's one of the fucking greatest wrestlers in the world. But he's lost somewhere in the main roster. So who knows what's going to happen with Dragon Lee. I was hoping we'd see him way more in uh, New Japan. This all goes back to him working the Battle of Los Angeles and then all the issues with Rush and his father. So I don't know how this is all going to play out, but that's uh, very interesting news to begin with right there. So yeah, King of Pro Wrestling, New Japan, this Monday morning. Sonata and Okada, John Moxley and Juice Robinson, No Holds Barred, Will Ospreay and ELP for the junior title. Um, uh, Kota Bushi against Evil for the right to face Okada at the Tokyo Dome. Oh my lord! Yeah, it's a. This is gonna be a sick show. This is gonna be a sick show. Is Lance Archer wrestling? Yes. Who's he wrestling? It's uh, he's in a four way, I believe. It's Lance Archer. Oh, Minoru Suzuki versus versus Jushin Liger's on this show. Oh my lord! Uh, We're gonna have a lot to talk about next week. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So I know. I think Lance Lance Archer is going to Japan for the show. I I think he's in a. It's like a four way match. It's gonna be him and like El Desperado, 
and another guy from Suzuki Gun. I think it's four guys from Suzuki Gun against, you know, probably like four Bullet Club guys or four Chaos. That'd be sweet. I don't have the lineup in front of me, but I know Lance Archer is in Japan for the show. Mm -hmm. So, awesome, Lance. Awesome, have fun dude. in Japan. Keep him going. Kick some ass. So this brings us to our mailbag. Chop <laughs> shop mailbox. Yes, trop, here. Trop, trop, Read our first mailbox. question. I, I got to uh, clear my throat for a second. <laughs> okay. First question we have. Seth Rollins. How can they save him? <laughs> you, wonder, you want the, uh, the, uh, the real reason? They can't. He's a baby face who has shown cowardice, who has shown that he can't keep a crowd in his own... He, he just can't do it. Oh, he sounds like a complete schlub. He's a schlub. You've turned a guy who's pretty good as a, a heel, but he's your babyface champion. He's the architect. He's, he's he was a architect. good heel. He was a real good heel. Hateable heel. But he cries on TV. He's terrible on Twitter. He His scripted promos, he comes off like a dork. He, he does not say cool stuff. He looks like a dork and sounds like a dork. I, I don't know. Babyface Seth Rollins. And the thing was, he went into SummerSlam. It was, I thought it was a stroke of genius. He went into SummerSlam, not the champion. Lesnar was the champion. The crowd was booing him out of the building when he came to the ring, cheering Lesnar. By the end of the match, Rollins was over like Rover. Guess what happened next on Raw? They, they gave him the fucking microphone and he started talking, doing his scripted bullshit. Rollins comes off so bad when they give him a scripted promo as a so baby fake. face. This whole thing with Becky Lynch, it does not work for him. Basically, yeah, Seth Rollins can be saved. Turn him heel. Yeah. Turn That's him heel. it. Baby face Seth Rollins, nothing you can't make save him, him. Make him a Heyman guy. <laughs> Have yeah. Heyman talk for him. Don't 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 have it. You know, like if 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 problem if his problem is talking, don't let him talk. He can talk as they're a heel. doing. Yeah, can't do it as a face. No, I don't like him as a baby face. So uh, the next one, uh, this is um, someone asked us about fantasy booking. Uh, what is a big man match with the current wrestlers that we would like to see? I got in mind. What about you? Um, yeah, I got one. Sure. I got one, absolutely. All right, so mine, and I went deep into this because I wanted to see, especially after what happened this past Wednesday, I want to see Luchasaurus against Jake Hager. That's a good, that's a good one. That's a really good one. That's but, not 200 Fantasy. They're both in the same company, so we could actually see that We one. could actually see that at some point. One guy, martial artist. Another guy, Bellator uh, undefeated uh, badass. Yeah. Sky's the limit there, folks. Yeah, and would, both I of them would, can fly. I would so, like to see that one. I would actually. love to see that. Mine might be a little bit more of the fantasy line because these two guys are in different promotions. Um, I would like to see um, Keith Lee from NXT mm -hmm. go up against our boy, the Murderhawk. Lance Archer, baby! The American psycho, Lance Archer. Lance Archer and Keith Lee would be a hell of a big man match. Yeah. That would well, be a lot of fun. Even Donovan Dijak or Dominic Dijak-fucking-Kovic against Lance Archer would be good. I don't know why Lance Archer hasn't been picked up by an American promotion like AEW or WWE yet. He, I don't know why. 
I don't know. He's, he's under- amazing. He's so good. He like it, the the ch- when we had our interview with him and the, in talking about the changes he's made to how he wrestles, how he do does certain things now. He did him. Let me tell you. I don't. I don't think you've seen this yet, but I I want to show it to you next time we have more time. I'll show you this. It was from the. New York show at Hammerstein, I think, or not. maybe it was. Maybe it was the Lowell, Massachusetts. New York. It was because it was against um, Carl Fredericks. Yeah. So Lance Archer is doing the Undertaker rope walk, right? Yeah. He does it all the way across one top rope. Then he does it all the way across another one. Like he does the whole Undertaker walk, yeah. and then another one. Like and he like looks at the crowd, and goes for the third one. Stops in the middle of the ropes, right, holding Carl Fredericks' hand. Hits a fucking moonsault, turns it into a fucking DDT. It oh was my a God. damnest. It was like an AJ Styles move, but fucking Lance Archer did it. I was like, no, he didn't just do that. So he walks across three sides of the ring and gets in the middle and hits a fucking moonsault DDT. Blown away. Yep. Blown away. And this Blown dude's away. a legit seven foot tall guy. Yeah. Lance Archer's the man. So that's that's a big man match I'd like to see. Yeah. So then we got... Oh, this is an interesting question. Bruno San Martino. Was he overrated? Hell no. Without Bruno San Martino, you wouldn't have had... You wouldn't have had the WWE create Hulk Hogan. Honestly, the amount of time that Bruno was champion, he held that entire thing up. He held up that entire uh, uh, federation on his back for decades. Oh yeah, definitely did. You can't you can't knock Bruno's importance into wrestling history. Was he overrated? Um, not in the not in the uh, Northeast. No, because your your main guy for like they they told stories about how kids. Who came over from Italy? Um, people like immigrants who came over, they latched on to Bruno San Martino as their guy. Yes, and his his style worked really well in the WWF territory. Hero to in Baltimore, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Boston. Bruno was a god. Yes, but if Bruno went to Texas, Florida, or Georgia, he would get booed out of the building. Yep, because that's, how that's it was. just how it was. Bruno's worked the WWF style, and in those days, that style was, he was a punch kicker. He yep. sold, and then he would do his comeback, which was punches and kicks. Yep. And then his finisher was like a backbreaker or a bear hug. Not the most exciting stuff, but, but people loved it up here. But down south, the wrestling was different. Yeah. It was a little bit more... It was just different. And they didn't see the appeal to Bruno so much. Where there was more of a... I don't know. The, I don't want to see the immigrant culture. I don't know what it was. But So what would you say in the south was the equivalent to Bruno up north? Like, who was that version of the, the man besides Flair? Obviously. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes in Florida... Wahoo McDaniel in Georgia, um, Dory Funk in Texas, and Harley Race in Missouri are the equivalents, maybe, but none of them drew like Bruno did. Bruno drew, Bruno could sell out the Boston Garden, he could sell out 
Pittsburgh, he could sell it to Philadelphia Spectrum, and he could sell it to Baltimore Arena, and he could do it every fucking time he came to town. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Dusty could do that shit in Florida, and Dusty could do it when he would come to New York, but I don't know. I mean, Harley Race could do it in a sense, but I don't know if they could do it like Bruno did. So that's... I don't want to say he was overrated. No, Bruno no. wasn't overrated. He Bruno wasn't was overrated the fucking man. Yeah, Bruno, was. Was, Bruno wasn't the man. He, was, he really was. Okay. For his era, he was great. Why aren't... The Briscoes, we're talking about Mark and Jay in not Gerald WWE. And, uh, yeah, not Jack and Jerry. Jack and Jerry. We're talking about the other Briscoes. And you want to take this one? Because there's a good answer that you easiest, said it earlier. It's the easiest fucking answer. They're not cosmetically pleasing to Vince. Yep, that's Plain exactly simple. what it is. They could have all the talent in the world. Which they do. Which they do. But if you don't look a certain way to Vince McMahon, you're not going to get anywhere. They're great. The Briscoes are one of the greatest tag teams of this generation. Uh-huh. They're fantastic. They've had WWE tryouts, numerous tryouts. Yep. Um, because but every single time they they've been told, "You're sorry, you're not cosmetically appealing." Yeah. But Bastion fucking Booger was get out of my fucking face. Get out of my fucking face. Yeah. yeah so I, I guess that's what it is at this point. The Briscoes are taken care of in Ring of Honor. They still do their regular jobs at in uh, Sandy Fork in Delaware and. Um, yeah, so that that's what that is. Do you want to address that last question? <laughs> sure, that's why I wrote it down. I'll go, I'll, yeah. So then somebody, wouldn't they be a smart ass and say, why are you a shill for AEW and Dave Meltzer or the Wrestling Observer Newsletter? Well, I'll take this one real quick. Why am I a shill? I'm not a shill. We're not getting paid for this. Yes, I'm not Shills getting paid, get paid by nobody. I like good wrestling. Yes. AEW is good wrestling. It really is. Watch it. Watch it without discriminative like blinders on, and you'll see that it's good wrestling. I mean, it's great. We're passionate about it. It's good. I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. No. It's good wrestling. Dave Meltzer, he's not just a wrestling reporter. He's the smartest guy in the room. He's a fucking historian. You can learn more reading half of an issue of one wrestling observer than you can than you can a billion fucking, WWE magazine. Yes, than than reading any other wrestling news source, following any other wrestling personality, following any other uh, wrestling personality. You can learn way more. That's it. Just I I appreciate smart people. I appreciate good good matches. That's yeah. what it is. Dave Meltzer's a smart guy. He's super hardworking, and he's very critical though. And that's a lot. A lot of people have this this mentality that that Dave Meltzer is a elitist. The first, but okay. I remember my first ever reading of a Wrestling Observer newsletter. I was fourteen years old. I was. At a indie show here in Baltimore at Patterson Park, and they were selling tapes of J- Japanese tapes, and they were selling indie tapes, and they had newsletters for sale, and they had a couple different ones. They had like Keller's Pro Wrestling Torch, and they had the Wrestling Observer newsletter, and the one this, and they had a stack of them. They were selling, and the one that caught my eye was the death of Kerry Von Erich. 
man. That was the first Wrestling Observer newsletter I ever read. I still have a copy of it right there in that binder right there. There's my, all my old newsletters I got from when I was a kid. I yeah, kept man. them. I was blown away. I was a kid that came up reading, you know, the after mags, like Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the WWF magazine, yeah. the, all the kayfabe stuff. That's that's what I would read, you know, as a kid. And I read this, and I was just like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. They're using their real names? They're using real terminology. Fritz von Erich's real name is Jack Atkinson? Whoa. I was blown away. I was like 14 blown away. And it was, at the time, I think Carrie had died like a year or two before. This would have been like 94. Uh, no. And I think he died in 93-ish, 92, 93-ish. Yeah, so this would have been like a year or so after he died. So it was an outdated Observer. It wasn't like a real new Observer. But I, yeah, I was blown away. It was great. And I've been a fan of his ever since. And off and on through the years, I've been a subscriber to the uh, newsletter. And uh, I love it. I, I pay attention to his... He, he writes the best obituaries for wrestlers. He knows more than anybody. Um, his books are good. There's very few wrestling historians out there other than maybe that I, that I pay attention to aside from Dave Meltzer. And, like, you know, wrestling historian-wise, Jim Cornette, Dave Meltzer, you know, um, a few others. You know, uh, Fumi... Uh, 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 Fumi, you know, Jim Valley, um, you know, Alvarez... Most of the people that work for Figure Four Online or Wrestling Observer, those those are the guys I pay yeah. attention to mostly. So we're not shills, motherfucker. I like good wrestling and I like smart people. Simple as that. Plain, plain and simple. So what we got uh, coming next week? We got another huge week. We got we got King of Pro Wrestling coming. We've got another great week of AEW. I'm sure we're gonna go over the awesome AEW Dark yeah, Show. Uh, yeah, another week of uh, the Wednesday Night Wars, uh, SmackDown. Uh, yeah. Isn't there supposed to be like a draft or something tonight? Yeah, yeah. We'll go over it. If there's anything interesting about the draft, we'll go over but that. We, we don't... I mean, like, the only thing that I found really interesting so far about the whole draft thing is now Fox executives are actually doing it. Oh. And we'll go with this, then. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. This was a marathon podcast, but, uh... The way it's going, this could be a new thing. So much wrestling to talk about. Yes, man. Stay out there. Stay safe. Watch your wrestling. Watch good wrestling. Rest in peace, Waldo. (laughs) Peace out, folks. Peace out, Waldo.